Hey everybody, it's Lon Seibman. It's time once again for your weekly wrap-up, and we're living in exciting times right now because you have the opportunity, through technology and the internet, to learn just about anything, and that raises the question, is college still important? I've got some thoughts on that, which we're going to get into right now. Now, as many of you know, I'm teaching a class this year at the University of Hartford on what I do for a living. We're calling the class Entrepreneurial Content Creation, and I'm giving lectures about the space that I work in, but also having the students produce content that would live in this space if they decide to upload it to YouTube. They each have to produce five videos over the course of the semester. And one of the lectures that I gave in class a couple of weeks ago, I also presented to you as a weekly wrap-up video. And I got this great comment from a viewer, Joe Montana, I'm assuming not the famous football player. And he said, hey, Lon, since you're a YouTube informer and now a professor at a legacy learning institution, I'm curious on your thoughts of the long-term viability of a post-secondary education as it currently is versus the treasure trove of information that is now freely available on channels such as mine. And he cited the video I did a couple of weeks ago as a great example of that. And you can pause the video and read more about his comment here. I thought it was a very good question. And to Joe's point, there are a number of successful technology companies that were founded by college dropouts or people that never went to college in the first place. Facebook and Microsoft and Apple and Dell and Oracle. There's a whole long list of these very influential companies that have shaped how society works that were all started by people who'd never finished college. But a lot of them started those companies when they were in college. They happened to be in the right place at the right time when those companies began with access to resources that helped them hone their skills, but also develop successful products. And I think if you took, for example, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak out of Silicon Valley and put them somewhere else in the United States at that period of time, they would not have been as successful because they wouldn't have access to the resources of a Silicon Valley college, for example. They wouldn't have HP as a resource where Steve Wozniak was working, nor would any of the investment money been available somewhere else. And certainly these two guys were extremely talented and driven and they were able to take advantage of opportunities, but those opportunities existed because they happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I think for many of us, if we were to try to do the same thing, you may as well just get a lottery ticket because I think your odds will be about the same. But things are changing on the credentialing front, which is what uh, Joe was also alluding to in his question. Because if you look at what these tech companies are doing for hiring, uh, they are looking beyond just educational credentials. A big example here is Elon Musk looking for coders for Tesla's AI department, which is a big part of what that company is doing now. Now, Elon Musk, by the way, uh, has a number of degrees in the areas in which his companies operate. So he actually did go through college, and I'm sure that that was a big part of uh, his uh, success. But he is seeing now that it's not an end-all, be-all for hiring talent. What he's saying now is that he doesn't even care if you graduated high school. If you have the skill set, then perhaps uh, you can come and work for Tesla if you're able to keep up with them. And thanks to the internet, there are a lot of opportunities to learn the skills without having to pay to go to college. So for example, MIT OpenCourseWare has more than 2,500 MIT courses available for you to download and do at your own pace. The lectures are the same lectures their students get. The syllabus is the same. The activities that you do are the same. 
It's all self-driven and self-motivated, but if you are motivated to learn a new uh, course of study, you can do it for free no matter where you are in the world. And that's a big game changer, I think, if you're able to uh, have the discipline to go in and follow one of these courses from start to finish. There's other resources out there also like edX, uh, which not only has MIT courses, but courses from a number of other institutions throughout the world. Many of them are free, but back to Joe's question on credentialing, you can pay to get the same course along with a certificate that says you completed it, but nobody really checks to see if you learned anything. There's no evaluation component to it, which we will get to in a minute. There's also things like YouTube Learning, where you can have people teach you about stuff, kind of like what I did the other day. And then you have, for more basic skills, Khan Academy, which has a lot of introductory mathematics and other subjects that high school and elementary school students might normally take. So you could basically get an education without ever having to set foot in a school. But is it better than going to college? Let's take a look at that. Now for me, going to college was one of the most important things that I did as a young person. My parents pushed me to go. I didn't really want to go. I wanted to take that year off and just kind of float around and get away from high school. Um, but they insisted that if I wanted to keep living in the house that I needed to go to college and that sounded like something I probably should do. And it was funny, when I walked in the door there, something clicked in my head and I suddenly became a good student. When I was in high school, I was one of these C students that wasn't applying himself. And the program that I got into at the University of Hartford, where I now teach, uh, was designed to pull the potential out of underachieving students. It was almost like an academic boot camp, if you will. But it really worked well for me. I don't know what it was, but I went from being a C student to a Dean's List student. And I developed a love of learning. I developed an ability to apply what I was learning in the classroom to other things in life. And it was something I just really enjoyed. And I was really uh, appreciative of what I was receiving from my professors while I was there. And all of that led to a very successful four years for me that really changed my life for the better and helped me develop skills that I needed to have a career doing this now. And that was something that I really couldn't get on my own, even though there were some resources I could have downloaded off the internet at the time. Another big factor in the classroom environment is that learning is two-way. I need to be in a classroom with my peers and have those back and forth discussions during classes and really absorbing everything because I think people learn better together. And if you have a skilled professor or teacher who can help guide that learning, all the better. And that's not something you can get remotely. I know there are a number of successful remote college programs that work very well for some people, but I know for me, I would not do well at that. I needed to be in the classroom with that professor, with my students, and learning. And one of the other things you get out of a college education is that in many cases, your faculty are thought leaders in that particular field. One of the requirements to be a college professor is that you conduct ongoing research in your area of expertise. And that research provides opportunities for students to be a part of it, uh, but also helps the professor elevate their level of understanding of the subject matter that they're teaching. And again, that's not something you can get on your own, although in the case of the MIT and some of the other institutional classes you can take online, you can get some of that from the classroom, but not that interaction. And another thing that I think is really important in the collegiate environment is the evaluation of the learning. Are you getting what is being taught? And that is determined through papers, through tests, 
uh, but also just through the interaction with the professor. And I've had many professors who saw us kind of veering off course a bit and work to provide more on a particular area that was giving us trouble. I do that individually with some of my students now where I see some potential here and I've got to hone in on it to help this kid before it's too late. And that's the sort of thing that you get in a classroom environment that you don't get through something that's a one-way kind of thing. And we're seeing some examples of how, uh, with the pandemic, students perform differently based on the method of learning that they were getting. So in my home state of Connecticut, but I think also across the country, uh, we're seeing that students, especially younger students who were learning remotely, are not doing as well as those who were learning in the classroom physically, even with the same teacher. And this is something I think is maybe ambiguous or very difficult to measure, but I think there's some element of the classroom as a, a social thing uh, that is not only developmental for kids in particular, but also enhances the learning because I think kids learn from each other as much as they do from their teachers because if somebody has a different perspective on something, it can help you understand the topic better by trying to figure out where that other student is coming from. It's kind of complicated, but it's something that I think is very measurable now in the wake of the pandemic to see how classroom learning works versus remote learning only. Now, another important part of college was learning how to work as a team with other people. The modern workplace is no longer uh, just a singular environment. In most cases, you're going to be put in a team with other peers to solve a problem or create a product or fix a product. And that requires you to understand the strengths of each team member, how to get the most out of the strengths of each person, and develop a work product that will satisfy the bosses or the client. And I think even if you are intending to become an independent contractor that runs around from one gig to the next, in most cases, you'll be put on a team with other contractors. So one of the things that I learned from that experience in college was not only developing a better understanding of the subject matter, but also working with others to successfully develop a work product. Now, this next one is a really important component of going to school and it requires you to get involved with things outside of the classroom. Most schools, actually all schools, have extracurricular activities, clubs and organizations and fraternities and sororities. Whatever it is, find a few things and really get into it. The reason is, is that you go from being an entry-level member to running the organization in about two or three years because there's such a high rate of turnover. People are graduating and moving on with their lives, and those opportunities open up for the younger students as they move through. And this allows for you to really start applying what you're learning in the classroom in a very low-risk way. So my senior year, I was the student body president, and I was taking things I was learning from my organizational communication classes and applying them to what we were doing in the student government. Some things worked, some things didn't, but this all enhanced my learning of organizational dynamics. So when I got out of school, I was in a much better place. And so it helped me in the learning side, but it also helped me on uh, the functional side, if you will, and actually applying things that were being taught in the classroom to a much more practical uh, application. And related to this, you have faculty advisors of these organizations who are there to make sure you don't totally fall flat on your face. They're gonna let you fail a little bit, but they're also going to keep you out of trouble, which is something you're not going to have out in the real world. And then you also have a lot of networking opportunities. Some of these come from the academic things like research projects that you might be working on with a professor. You might gain some regional networking through internships that you're doing that might lead to a job when you get out of school. A lot of people I know did that. 
And you also have the networking with your peers, because remember, you're all going through school at the same time, and you'll all be progressing through your careers at the same time. And I keep in touch with a lot of my friends from college, more than two decades after we graduated, and we're all in these really neat places. And whenever we have a question about something in our field, we're calling each other all the time for assistance, for help, for advice on finding good contractors or talent to help us out. And who knows, maybe there's opportunities where later in life you end up partnering up with a alum of your institution, a good old friend like your roommate or something, and start a really successful company. And those are all things you get uh, from that collegiate environment. Now, the last thing I want to bring up here is that this is more than just about college. Uh, we talked about college because that was what the question was about. But I think any post-secondary career training that you pursue is going to provide you with this set of benefits. And I think that's something that is going to be hard to replicate with technology because you're going to have professionals who are there to ensure that you start your career off as strongly as you possibly can, who are going to work really hard to make sure that you're successful during the course of that training. And sometimes it doesn't feel like they're there to make you successful, but really I found the ones that pushed you the hardest really wanted you to succeed the most. And I think that's something really important to take away here. So to answer Joe's question, I do think a post-secondary education delivered somewhat traditionally is still very important, at least for students like me. Uh, he is correct though, we should probably look at how we credential people's expertise in a different way, given that we have access to all these free tools and some people can learn a lot on their own in a self-driven way and may not need all of that stuff that I needed in school. So I think that's something our educational leaders need to consider, but also our employers need to consider when they are looking for talent. There might be talent out there that doesn't have the degree, but is more than qualified to do the job. And it's a good thing that companies like Tesla are starting to look beyond just the traditional degree for qualifications for a particular field. Now this week's wrap up is being brought to you as always by all of you. I want to thank some of our newest supporters here on the channel. Howard Katz became a YouTube member this week, and Howard Reeves, Michael Pennington, and Ed Horn all contributed via my donor box page that you can find at lon.tv support. I want to thank everyone for their contributions this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis and all of you who watch on a regular basis too because all of those things equal channel growth. And if you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to that support link that you see on screen here for my donor box page. You can make a monthly or a one-time contribution there. We also support Patreon, the YouTube membership program, and Floatplane. We have some other channels you can check me out on, including my Extras channel, where I've got mini reviews and supplemental content to the main channel. We also have the Amazon Shop page, where you can find a lot of my reviews ad-free. You can engage with the channel with my very infrequent email list. I'll only email you when we've got something big going on. We also have the Facebook group and the Discord and my store where you can buy previously reviewed items on here that I'm now getting rid of. And you can get notified whenever we have a new item to sell on the store at the link you see on screen here. And I'll send you out an email every time I add something new. I've got a big pile of stuff as always and I'll be adding some things in the coming weeks here. So be on the lookout for that and sign up for the email alert if you want to find out when that stuff is listed. And that is gonna do it for this week's weekly wrap up. I wanna thank you all for your continued support and all these great questions that inspire new content here on the channel. We've got a lot more to come, so let me know down in the comments below what you would like to see and what you think of this week's topic. And until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters, Jim Tannis and Tom Albrecht, Hot Sauce and Video Games and Eric's Variety Channel, 
Brian Parker, and Frank Goldman. I'm DeBrown and Matt Zagaya. And Chris Allegretta. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.